85 million records sold, winner of four Grammy Awards. Her group's first album was certified quadruple platinum. They were the first girl group in history whose album was certified diamond. Their follow-up album debuted at number one, went six times platinum and received eight Grammy nominations. I mean, they literally were the biggest freaking girl group on the planet. But I'm gonna be honest, that's actually not the impressive part. Yes, it's mind-blowing what today's guest has achieved, but honestly, what's more impressive to me is the fact that she was able to become one of the biggest musical artists in history despite being diagnosed with sickle cell anemia as a child, despite being told she would be wheelchair-bound and may not live until she's 30, despite signing a bad contract that led her to file for bankruptcy halfway through her career, despite all of the valid reasons she had not to pick herself back up time and time again, she just kept going. And if there were no path ahead of her, well, she would grab the cement and pave it herself. And it's just that mindset that led her to the global domination, the type of global domination that literally impacted every single female of all ages in every single corner of the world, including this Brit right here. She taught us to never let no scrub make us feel unpretty. She showed us how to use our voice to get it out and shout. She schooled us on how to deal with the case of the fake people. She demonstrated how women can be crazy, sexy, and cool. But most importantly, guys, she taught us the freaking importance of a little TLC. So please, help me in welcoming the one and only T to the LC, Tion Tiboz Watkins. <laughs> Hi, oh my God. I'm like, I can't believe you're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> so just your your career and your success is so mind-blowing but like I said in the intro it's actually I looked it up it's 0.000001% chance to have the type of fame that you've had so when you think about the chance of someone becoming successful to the way you were it is easy, I think, for most people to say, well, she's so talented. She was, she's so beautiful. She's so driven and dismiss the actual reality of what you've had to go through in order to get there. And so that's really where I want to go. Like the mindset you've had to cultivate to not let your sickness become, um, to rule your life, um, to not let bankruptcy rule your life. Like that takes some serious freaking mindset, girl. So I, where I want to start is no excuses. You never used any of those excuses to stop you from becoming that successful. So take me back to when you were younger, what that mindset looked like. That's a good one. Um, I have to credit my mother because honestly, I had a strong mom. She would say stuff with such conviction and, and, you know, mean it in her eyes. So when we were in the doctor's office in my first seven years of my life, I spent in and out of the hospital because they didn't quite understand what I had and they misdiagnosed me. They knew I had some type of sickle cell but he made up something you can't even Google. And, you know, you can Google everything. <laughs> um, but uh, he also said I would never see 30. I would never make it to the age 30. I would never have kids. I would be disabled my whole life. And I'm looking at my mom like, because I had this dream, this, this vivid dream of me on stage. I couldn't see my clothes. I would leave from the right side to the left. 
and I would have a mic in my hand and I would always bend down to the crowd, but it would be thousands of people, but I could never see my face, but I had on baggy clothes, which is really crazy. And she knew how I felt about this dream. Like, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be famous. So I looked at her when he said that, like, uh-uh, I'm about to be, blow- you know, blowing up, like I said. And she was like, we'll talk in the car. She was just like, you can do anything as long as you put your mind to it. So in my head, I kind of felt like a superhero. Like, I may have had, you know, been born with cooties, but hey. If I wanted to, I can become anything as long as she said I kept my morals, my integrity, and my character intact. She said she would support me, so. I love that you credit your mom, but I also (laughs) want to say there's such a big difference between knowing something and then doing something. Yeah. And so one thing that a lot of parents tell their kids, right, is you can be anything you want. You're my star. (laughs) And (laughs) 0.0000001% actually do it. So there is a gap between knowing and doing. So now I want to talk about the doing. So Mm -hmm. you believe that you can do it. You um, start your band, but you break into a whole new area you you and left eye and chili like you guys started to deal with topics that were never done before you there was no path before you there was no blueprint for you guys to follow so take me through that because that's also another excuse people use it's not possible it's not right we're not for everybody but you guys just go no we're freaking awesome we're badass and we're going to change the world even though no one's done it before That's very true um, because people (laughs) will discourage you, you know, and I think honestly, they're projecting their fears of their lives onto you. Like that may not be good for you, but who says it's not for me? Like, cause you're scared doesn't mean I'm going to be afraid, you know? So when my friends heard that, you know, I was going to audition for Pebbles, she's glamorous. She's this, she's that you are all, you know, like a prissy tomboy. You dress like this, you know, you should put on some heels, but I'm like, no, I'm going to come as myself. Like if she likes me, she's going to like me for me. And that's it. You know what I mean? And I've always been that way. Like when you say like, trying to be like somebody I always wanted to be a leader I remember um girls always saying you know girl he'll let you drive his car and I used to always say yeah but when he leaves his car goes with him I want my own damn car you know what I'm saying and I said why you hoes are sitting up here hoeing you know what I'm saying And, and sleeping with men and then you still don't have a car because he took it back you know what I mean so I was always that teenager that wanted my own thing. And I didn't never want a man or nobody to tell me, like, I'm going to take this back. You can't do this. So I was headstrong. So I'm stubborn. And if I think something, that's what I think. And I'm going for it no matter what. But it's kind of crazy because when you are born with the sickle cell, you have, like, I had a will that would not stop. I had fight in me to live. And if you can face death, to me, I could face anything. So I'm like, shoot, what? I'm about to blow up. I'm about to be, you know, number one. Like, you can't tell me. Like, I don't care if they didn't do it. I'm going to. You know what I'm saying? So I remember one time I was dancing with this group and I was in the, um, you know, the background. I was their backup dancer. And so I went up there and I said, okay, guys, I quit. They was like, what do you mean you quit? This is the first show. I said, "Uh, yeah, because I belong in the front where you are, not in the back, you know? (laughs) 
so I quit that group and I, yeah, I was so serious. And I think it's just because I had to fight for so much as a kid, just, you know, to get up and be able to play outside and do, you know, to what others come so naturally. It took a lot for me just to be a kid and have activities and do things because of my sickle cell. So I had a different kind of drive and fight in me that most probably didn't. Yeah, God. What's incredible is being told that as a child, most people would see it as a death sentence, right? And so mm -hmm. it's like, um, well, what's the point? I may as well just sit here and eat cupcakes and, you know, that's going to be <laughs> my life, right? And mm -hmm. it's kind of like when they say, if you only had to, a year to live, what would you do? And you have two yeah. different camps. I think you have the camps that's like, they just give up and they're just like, all right, well, I'm going to, you know, sit on the sofa and just wallow. Or you have the other camp that's like, I only mm -hmm. have a year. I need to cram as much amazing stuff in this year as I possibly can and I want mm -hmm. to live and so right. the fact that you were just so like no this this doesn't I don't belong in the back was it because you're just like well look you may die soon in a way so why not take that chance I don't know if it's cocky crazy bold <laughs> but I meant it though and they were looking at me and I was looking like what like what's wrong with what I just said but if I, you know, sit here now as an adult, I would probably be afraid because, you know, I would overthink it. Like, well, what if I miss the, oh, that I would do now. But back then, shoot, nope, I meant it. Like, you know what I'm saying? And in my head, I just wanted to lead. I wanted to be in front. And I'm not going to lie. Like, if I'm not like the, you know, the one I don't know if it'll work for me. <laughs> I mean, look, I I, I don't want to dis dismiss that because that is, I believe, absolutely a massive reason why you are where you are and you've achieved what you've achieved. Um, and so are you able now to brush off that type of thing? Because you even said, I don't know if I'd still make the same decision now because we're older. Um, have you allowed, uh, and in fact, is it fear? Is that why you wouldn't do that now? I think... It's because, you know, people would be like, geez, that's cocky. But would I do it again? I probably still would do it. Yeah. I would just know I'm being cocky. Right. You know what I'm saying? Back <laughs> yeah. then, I didn't think it was cocky. I just thought that was the way it was supposed to be. Like, what do you mean? I'm supposed to be in the front. Like, I'm not supposed to be back here. But I meant it with all my heart. You know, now I probably would still say the same thing. But I just know I would be like, this girl a trip boy I can't believe she said that like you know I know it's not like what most people would say you know yeah. so I have worked on my delivery on how I talk to people because I used to be so blunt like when people tell me some of the stuff I'm saying like yeah that sounds like me but I said that I said it out loud you know what I mean uh -uh. yeah I mean in everything that I've heard you say and your story it it there, there is a massive element of your resilience and sticking by who you really believe you are inside. Um, and just in a general state, like that's really freaking tough. Myself included and many of the audience that watch this and listen to this, that's a big thing for them that they battle. They're told they should be something. They should right. dress a certain way. They should be a certain way. Um, you stepping in, you and, you know, um, TLC stepping into this, um, arena that were touching on subjects that were so um touchy and taboo and um you know risky but all your songs really were breakthroughs for so many people like me did you get backlash 
on the type of um the the type of music that you guys were creating because it was breaking new ground um and did you have to battle that because again going back to how i think everyone else can relate is like pressure is pressure whether it's from you know 100 million people or whether it's from you know your parents trying to put you into a bucket um did you feel like you were trying to be put into a bucket and then if so how did you break out of it they still try to put us in a bucket to this day and i've been here for 28 years that's that's the thing and honestly people didn't believe in us they did not they thought we were overnight sensation oh these three little cute girls they'll be in and out you know what i'm saying so i had to prove that you know, we had stand power. We did. And, I, you know, you'll hear a lot of people say, whether it's Will Smith, Michael Jackson, you have to start with you believing in yourself. Like, I believe in me. Like, you may not know I could do it, but I know I can do it. And I don't mind showing you. I can humble myself and I can show you I can do it. You know what I mean? So when we first came out, they was like, OK, just find these girls. I mean, our contracts weren't that great. You know, it's crazy. Years later, the lawyer came back and waived our fee and apologized because he was like, you know what? Back then, people were saying, you you know, they probably ain't going to last. But, you know, a minute. So when you do good and then you come back and you have to, you know, do your sophomore album, you're like, what did I do the first time to make people like me so that I can do that again, but do it even better and show growth and elevate and, and you know, um, you know, show, show that I've grown and I'm different. And I, you know, I have staying power. It was all that when we did crazy, sexy, cool. So what I noticed about us was that we talked about something relatable that everybody, no matter what color you were, what age you were, somebody somewhere is either going through it or knew somebody going through it, but it was relatable. So the lyrical content was strong. And another thing I noticed is we had, like, I made up this dance to What About Your Friends, you know, when you're doing the little elbow. We had a dance that went with every hook. So if I start going like this, you know exactly that's waterfalls. So that's when I figured out, okay, this is what, you know, made people like us. And then I have something to say. I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but this is what we're feeling. And we just did it. You kind of just go for it and hope people like it, but they did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I heard you say actually when you guys um, were releasing fan mail and somebody had heard um, Unpretty and mm-hmm. they said to you like, wow, this doesn't sound like you. And you respond is like, no, actually, this is me. And so people mm-hmm. clearly had just seen one hat, right? Um, mm-hmm. So how, how did you just own that? Because again, going to any time you have success, if you change or if you go out of the norm, you are risking your success. And I think that can actually be the downfall to most successful people is they listen to everyone else and they think I should just be the same and do the same every time because they're going to like me because it feels somewhat safe, but you never, you guys never took the safe route. So like you were just like, no, this is me. So I'm going to do unpretty. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think the answer you know are like you just believed in yourself but man like do you have to repeat that to yourself over and over again like because there must be times where you doubted yourself or did you I'm actually really curious <laughs> um I'm I'm nervous before any album comes out um I don't know if if it's doubt per se but it's 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 a healthy type of fear like 
this is what I'm feeling. This is what is coming from me. It's coming from me at the time. And I hope you like it. It never was like, I don't think I should be doing this. It was more of, if they don't like it, then my time must be up because mm-hmm. this is who I am. So I'm really giving you a part of me. Like what you see for real is what you get. You know what I'm saying? And if that's not going to work, then I don't need to be doing this. But right now, I remember like L.A. Reid used to try to get us to, you know, sing certain songs like uh, Missy wrote a song. And I love Missy. Don't get me wrong. But this is before she blew up, up. She was blowing up. You know what I'm saying? And this is when we were like, you know, really going. And it was when my girls at from the front to back. Will, is you feeling that? It was 702 who did. 702, I was going to say. That's 702, that song yeah. was for me, though. And I said no, because I like the song, just like Hit Me Baby One More Time. Hit me, baby. You know, that was mine, too. But I said no. Now, don't get me wrong. I know it was a hit, but it wasn't my hit. And what I told L.A. was, if you want me to be a leader, how can I go out there and lead and have people want to be like me and be a trendsetter if I'm out here on the same level doing exactly what my friends are doing or sounding like them. Because no matter what, that song, even though it was a hit, it sounded like Missy. And I was trying to make my own sound. Like Waterfalls for me was my my way of going alternative. It was my Kurt Cobain song. It was my Nirvana. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but if I go, well, my girl's at, you know what I'm saying? and I sound like my peers, then I can't be ahead. You want me to be on the level, the same level as them. And I'm trying to win. I'm trying to beat my peers. I'm trying to go ahead of them. So I can't do that. So I stepped out the booth and I was like, I can't sing this song. It's not It's not my hit. Damn, that is so freaking strong. I actually wrote a line the other day that said, I'd rather be authentically rejected than fakely, uh, than fakely accepted. And I love that. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply.
As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. So basically, it's the same thing, right? It's like, look, if I'm going to get rejected, at least let me get rejected for who I truly am instead of trying to pretend to be something. Because at the end of the day, you know, I think the only thing that matters is how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself, when it's late at night and you're all alone and your eyes are closed. Do you feel good about who you are? And do you feel good about how you showed up that day? That's so true. I love that. Like when you Google my name, like I know there's a lot of bullshit, you know, like, TMZ man made up lies but the real shit I want you to remember me for like did I really make a difference in somebody's life did I really do good on this earth while I was here like you know what I mean that matters to me because then what did I do it for if it wasn't for like to 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 break a record or to make a difference in someone's life or to you know stand stand for something or fall for anything like how people say like, I like to be known to stand for something or to be something mm-hmm. or to have meaning, not just to be, but to be for something that meant something, if that makes sense. hundred percent. And well, I'm sure you already know this, but the amount of people you've impacted is mind blowing. Uh-huh. Every single female that I talk to, um, especially my age is like your songs really changed how I felt about myself and just feeling um, insecure and not feeling like anyone, you know, will I'm, I'm deserving of anyone because I'm not pretty. I was repeatedly told by ex-boyfriends and teased and bullied. And it's like just hearing your song, hearing these women who I think of being incredibly beautiful and confident and powerful. Uh-huh. Also talking about that. Hey, going back to what we were saying earlier, you don't just wear one hat it's you can be crazy you can be sexy and you can be and you can be cool Uh, like it just says it there and it gives i think you gave people hope and so um hope is a very very powerful tool Mm -hmm. it is so talk to me about, I guess, hope when you guys filed for bankruptcy, like you'd mentioned earlier, you had this bad um, contract deal, but you guys came back and not only came back, but came back tenfold more than I think that anyone would have even expected and tenfold mm-hmm. more than your previous album. Um, so again, talk to me about why you picked yourself back up and why you guys did continue. Um, was it to prove something to other people? Because I think that's actually very powerful. Or was it something to prove to yourself? You know, 
we all we always wanted to be trendsetters and to be number one. We had a lot to do and a lot to say. We weren't finished yet. I remember, you know, we used to have to fight to write. So when I finally got to, you know, Unpretty was what I had to say. That's what was bottled up for me. But honestly, that song was personally about me and I was opening up to the world and sharing my story. I really didn't know people felt that way. I was just kind of in a vulnerable spot and like, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is where I'm at. And I made up the word unpretty. Like, this is how I'm feeling. And um, I remember putting my foot down like, I'm going to write. I have something to say. Or fuck this. I'll go to L.A. <laughs> and I'll become an actress and start all over if you don't let me do this. So for us, you know, it was never in our mind, like, to stop. Like, we really, like, you let us to the door. It was like, oh, you done fucked up now because here we come. I got a lot of shit to get off my chest. So I always got something to talk about. And Lisa and Chili was the same way, especially Lisa. Oh, my gosh. She always had something to talk about. And you know what was funny? She was sitting in the in the um you know you have stalls in the bathroom she was sitting the stall sideways and put her feet up so she would sit with her back you know yeah and butt sideways on the toilet and her feet up on it and of all places she would write in the bathroom stall but hits came out of that bathroom stall (laughs) that's amazing yeah it's that type of I mean, there's definitely the theme, right? And everything that you're saying, it all comes down to your own personal belief. So it's like every question that I'm asking you, you really are coming back to, we just had to believe it. We weren't done. We had to trust our instinct. We had to trust our gut. No matter how many people were saying like we were done or you're over or the bad deal, like most people would have crumbled. But the um, conviction, actually, that's a great word. The conviction you guys Mm -hmm. had to keep Mm -hmm. going is so freaking strong. I love that. Um, so I, you actually said when someone asked you about like, ha, do you hold a grudge? Like you t- were taking advantage. You said, I don't cry over spilt milk. I just pick up the pieces and move forward and make sure I don't make the same mistake again. Okay. Like that's, that's super freaking strong again, because most people see mistakes as like permanent failures, no. but I, it seems like you see it as a lesson. Yeah, it is a lesson because well, if you take it and, and learn from it. So if you want things to change, do something different. You know what I mean? But um, I don't hold grudges because that only hurts me. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about it, the person who did you wrong, they don't give a fuck about you. They still out doing people wrong. Like, they still out, you know, with their agenda, doing whatever. And they're not the ones sitting there when I'm sick. They're not the ones there feeding me when I'm hungry. They're not the ones there giving me money when I'm broke. So at the end of the day, why should I give a fuck about or hold up my life for somebody who only wants to ruin it and cares nothing about me? Like I tell my daughter, who who's there when your stomach hurts? Who gives you medicine? Who rubs your knee when it hurts? She's like you. So why are you worried about some bitch who ain't even here? You know what I'm saying? The person is not even worried about you. Holding grudges only hurts you, really. Yeah. Like you don't still have to like the person, you know, you can still forgive somebody and not tell them. But most importantly, like there's still people I don't like. I still ain't fucking with you. I'm just not going to let you hinder <laughs> my day. You know what I'm saying? I still don't like your ass. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just not going to let you mess up my life. You know, you just have to go forward. 
you can't walk forward always looking back. Just turn around, deal with it, and keep pushing. That's so true. How did you get to that point? Because I actually heard you say, yeah, once upon a time, I probably would have slapped him. But now it's actually just not worth my time. And you said it in an interview and it was so like, like in passing, but I had to like pause and make a note because going from someone um, upsetting you or hurting you and you wanting to slap them, which I, mm. I think everyone can relate to. They wanted to do that to someone in their life at some point. And now you're just like, yeah, keep your head forward and just keep going. It's not worth your time. How did you make that transition? Because that's such a big change. My kids. Really? My kids helped me mature. Yeah, because, you know, when I was by myself, I didn't have nobody to live for. You know what I'm saying? Now I have a little person looking up at me, you know, um, that I have to guide and I have to teach, you know what I'm saying? And I have to lead by example. I can't keep telling them to do something and I'm not doing it myself. You know what I mean? But honestly, it, it come, it came with years and wisdom and growing up. Um, cause this is just still some people I still want to put some hands on. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They pissed me off and I'd be like, Oh, Jesus, you know, but well, okay, so then actually take me through that process because that's exactly what I want to know. Like, what is it that allows you to feel it but then not act on it? Yeah, I talk to myself all the time. I even sometimes put um, positive quotes up on the, you know, um, mirror in the bathroom because the one place you're always going to be is the bathroom and the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So if it's not on the refrigerator, I put it on the mirror because you're always going to get dressed every day. You have to pee and brush your teeth. So, you know, that's the best place. But you have to remember your objective and why you're doing something. So I think about it and I feel it. I let myself feel it. I'm not going to pretend that it's not that way. And if I don't rock with you, I don't have an in-between. I don't have a gray area. Mine is either black or white. I don't tilly wink all up in the middle. I don't go around the mulberry bush. I go straight across the street. I don't like you. And I just let it go, <laughs> you know, and I know there's a bigger picture. You know what? This person wants me to be angry. This person wants to do this to me. And I'm like, I'm not going to let them hurt me. So I'm not going to, you know what? I noticed ignoring somebody hurts them more than paying them attention. Cause if you paying them attention, that means you still care. If I don't pay you an attention. And that's why I used to tell my ex-boyfriends like, I'm going to leave you in. But if I'm over here crying, oh, is it because you hurt? That means I'm still in love. If I'm talking to you calmly, you should be worried. Because that's when you really don't care. And you got it all, you know, planned out the right way. You're kind of calm about it. That's when, that's when you know somebody's angry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they mean it. Don't let me be, like, calm and tell you. Then it's like, oh, you better watch your back, honey. That's yes, amazing. I, I really appreciate you taking us through that because it, there is something to feeling the feeling, but then not reacting to it and mm. using it as a way. And it seems like, I mean, uh, you know, writing is a big part of it for you in getting your feelings out. Um, I really now will actually want to talk to you about your health and how you've managed to juggle it and navigate it because a big part of my audience knows my story of my health at the height of my success I was the sickest I've ever been I was basically oh. slowly dying um I couldn't eat so my hair was falling out my nails were brittle and at the time we had just grown quest and it became the largest nutrition company in pretty much the world and so here we oh. were 
with I was seen as the expert on the outside and on the inside I was just slowly dying um yeah. I, I was ashamed I was um I was embarrassed I didn't tell anybody for years because I yeah. thought that that had a reflection of who I was I didn't want people to pity mm-hmm. me because I think mm-hmm. pity at least for me would have held me down and I don't mm-hmm. want to be held down so mm-hmm. um so I actually hid a lot of it um Man, let me tell you though, I was not in the public eye. And so talk to me about on those days, going back to where I started, girl, like that's an excuse. I don't feel well, I'm not going to get out of bed. Like, how do you, how did you navigate and how do you navigate now? And I actually then want to talk about how you're using it to help empower so many other people. So talk me through that. How did you not let that break you? You know, you said something when you were talking, you see how many emotions you had, like how you was like, I I was afraid to let people, I was embarrassed. You go through one thing we always will agree on, no matter what disease or what the issue is, you know, you have something that you don't want and that you don't want in your body. You want to feel better. We all can agree on that. You know what I mean? And you do have a wide range of emotions because I remember sometimes I would just go on and do whatever anyway, because I just didn't want to be sick. But my body always reminded me that you are. And the realization is, is I need to sit down and realize I'm sick I and, and deal with it. You know, you can't just shun it away and, and act like it doesn't exist because your body will always remind you that it does. It'll catch up to you. You know, and it caught up with me and I broke down and I was in the hospital for four months, you know. Well, when about and, was that in your timeline? It was honestly right before Lisa died. Oh. Right. Wow. That was the time I was real sick. So you um, ran basically sick that whole time with all those albums? Yeah. So yeah. you just completely ignored your body? Yeah. Wow. But also... I wanted to be a singer. Like, this is what I want to do. I I want this. And so if you think about it, that's where I was. Like, I'm not sick. If if I am, so what? I'll just get sick wherever I'm at. And my doctor can call this doctor. But if you can tell me, like, I'm not going to sit down. And and then I also went through the, you know, um, because we didn't have TMZ and we didn't have social media and all that. So if something was a rumor it went word of mouth and it really kind of had some power to it because it got around without the, you know, internet, you know what I mean? And everybody's saying the same thing. Um, it started to irritate me because when I would go into the hospital, they would, you know, think I had HIV, look for lesions and, you know, and I'm sitting here sick and you're being nosy. And I was like, this is crazy. Like I have sickle cell. That's what made me, tell I was like okay this is what I have but no matter what I had I felt like forget the t-boss stuff I'm somebody's daughter um I'm sick like I need your help like I'm I'm somebody's kid like you know and I'm somebody's soon to be mommy and <laughs> you know all that I'm just a person at this time that just wants desperately wants your help and um that's about when I figured out, you know what, I'm, I'm in a position to say something and probably help people who feel like me. You know what I mean? Um, it's amazing to how many doctors to this day don't understand sickle cell. I've had people say I don't 
you know, habit, um, your drug seeking, all kinds of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, sitting you in the lobby of the ER and telling you to take Tylenol because they don't believe you're really sick. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I was like, maybe I can help people. You know what I mean? I got to thinking that and maybe instead of, you know, me pretending that, you know, this doesn't exist. Like I'm going to have to deal with it. It's making me have to deal with it. So maybe I should stand up to this disease and, and, and use it in my advantage and help people. And maybe in turn, that'll help me. So I turned it around and was just like, because either way, it's not going away. I got to deal with it. So that's when I was just like, F it, I'm going to deal with it, you know? That's amazing. And yeah, I mean, so this is where it's so freaking beautiful, like to to be from the outside, to see your career, to see what a freaking badass you guys were. You came in, you rocked the freaking game. And now you're using that impact to help others on like a whole different freaking level that you probably mm -hmm. couldn't have ever of um, even predicted back in the day that this would be, you know, let's say you're calling. Um, but talk to me now then about that and how that drives you and um, how you're using your fame and your skills to do the T-Boz Unplugged and what that actually means to you. Well, the National um, Foundation, you know, Sickle Cell Disease Association of America, they had a, a president there and she wasn't helping me. Like what she would do is I had picked a foundation that I wanted to work with and she would call and say that it was her, her territory and basically tell them what I donated should go to her and it's her money. And, you know, and she called me with that mess and I'm like, huh, no, wherever I stand is my territory and you're not about to sit up here and bully me and, you know, honestly, we could have worked together, you know. So back, let's go back to like 93-ish. Um, Linda Anderson actually worked there at the time. And she's the one that called me. And honestly, I, I'm going to be honest, I probably would have never came forward and, and been as honest and open about it if she hadn't said, hey, do you want to be the spokesperson? You can really touch a lot of people. And you can do amazing things. If she hadn't did that for me, I don't know if I would have did it myself. How come, actually? Was it because you didn't want to necessarily talk about it? Were you? Did you have any shame around it like I did with my own gut issues? Same, same with you. I didn't want people to pity me, mm. feel sorry for me. I didn't want them to be like, oh, here comes the sick girl. Because they still do that kind of stuff. Like, I remember the record company was afraid for people to know because... Um, they'd be like, oh, are you sure we should hire them? You know what I'm saying? She's sickly. You know what I mean? Um, I learned that I have to just set it up the right way and the routing. If you do it the right way, that works more in my favor, then I won't keep ruining tours because, you know, we know it's a factor. So let's just deal with it. And, and don't put me in Denver or Albuquerque where the altitude is super high and I'm going to end up in the hospital. You know what I mean? So um, we, we learned how to work it in the schedule to where it made more sense for me. But I'm not going to lie. I have to go way above and beyond what the average artist does to do what I do. But like I said, I want it. So if I want it, I'm going to go get it. No matter how hard it is, I'm just going to be like, this is what I chose. So I got to work hard, even if it's harder than the next person. That's what I'm going to do. 
Man, I, I want to just put that last bit on repeat and do a loop like a gif or something because that is, so, <laughs> it is so strong because that's what it comes down to. It's like, it comes down to being resilient and being driven enough to overcome anything that comes your way, whether mm. it's an external force or whether it's something like being sick. I mean, like being sick for me, like I am trying to control it, right? As much as humanly possible, just like, mm-hmm. you. like, where am I going? What are the obstacles that I'm about to face? And it's like, I can sit there and feel sorry for myself that I have to do that or I can just do it and say well look mm-hmm. how badly do you want that freaking goal and to compare myself to someone else that isn't sick won't serve me that just puts me into the victim mentality right that's so true you know you have to do a lot of thinking and 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 <laughs> when you're sick you do think a lot you know what I'm saying because your outcome it affects everything it's like a daily thing you know just to live like if I want to do this, you know, a lot comes with it. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie about that. Like, it's sometimes it, it gets discouraging because, like, say everything will be fine. I work out, I get strong, and, and I'm doing good, I'm eating right, and then I'll have a crisis and it'll break me all the way back down to zero. Like, I never worked out. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I can't walk. I have to build back up, you know, muscle memory and walk over again and and now I have to start from ground zero like I was just never in shape, ever. So then I work my way back up, and then I go on and work again and get sick, and it'll knock me back down, and I'm back at zero. So sometimes I would get discouraged and be like, you know what? I'm tired of, like, doing this. It's like, you know, I do this, and everything's great, and then it knocks me right back down. But then I came to the conclusion again, do you really want to do this? And that's a part of your life. That's just the way it goes. So I'll get back up, you know, <laughs> dust yourself off and do it again. <laughs> that's you know? so powerful. A hundred percent. I love that attitude so much because you have a choice, right? You have a choice to stay mm-hmm. down. You don't have to get back up, but Hey, how badly do you want it? If you want it mm-hmm. bad enough. And for me, I was as morbid as it may sound is like, I do think about my deathbed and I do think about mm-hmm. what am I going to be proud that I do? And your mentality and that type of resilience really has like truly, I believe, gotten you to where you are today. Um, and then also, I'd love to talk about your your line, TLCBD. Ah, <laughs> I love it, girl. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so talk to me about that, because again, going back to the impact you've had on myself included from, from you know, a young age, and then you keep impacting in your own way in such a powerful, unique way. And everything you're saying is very authentic to you. So when I started to look up your products and I was looking at your website and things like that it again feels extremely authentic and I heard you even say I'm not going to start selling anything that I haven't tried myself for years to see if it actually works on me so actually Uh talk to me a bit about that um, and what made you go into that and then how how it's affected you how you know the brand has helped when there was a guy who um, approached me, his name was Phil Oliver. I used to think he was crazy. I'm like, why is this psycho man calling me? Like, <laughs> you know, and finally, like the second year, I was like, okay, what do you want? Come on, you know. But he got me into like um, acupuncture and doing things holistically. And I was glad, you know, he passed away. But I was glad he did do that. The crazy man finally <laughs> had something great to say. You know what I mean? And um. I was so desperate, you know, I was like ready to try anything, but 
people kept saying, because I don't smoke or drink. So I'm like, is it going to make you high? Is it this or that? You know, because there's so many misconceptions about CBD. Um, and mine doesn't make you high. You know what I mean? It's the THC that makes people high. And this is the natural component of weed. So you feel like you just took a regular oil drop, you know? So I did my research and I was like, hey, what the hell? So I did it. And I couldn't tell anything at first. I was like, I don't feel different. Like, what are they talking about? So I kept doing it. And about three weeks into that, I noticed, like, I haven't caught a cold. You know, when I travel, I'm always catching cooties. If I was, like, if cooties was a man, girl, I'd be married every day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I just started noticing, like, when I did ache, it wasn't as bad. And it didn't hurt as much. And I'm like, is this the CBD? So I stopped it, you know, just to see. And I was like, okay, I'm feeling sluggish, sleepy again, and all this other stuff. So I started the CBD back up, and it started working again. And I was like, this stuff works. I can't wait. So I was like, I want to I wanna help other people and share what, you know, because this junk really has made a difference in my life. Like, I've successfully done four or five tours without getting sick and ruining it. That's amazing. We'll make sure that we definitely put all the links in our in the comments below so that people can click and check out the, uh, the products. You. Yeah, absolutely. I have so much I could talk to you about, girl. <laughs> I literally could talk to you for hours, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. I just want to say thank you so much for being uh -oh. on. And um, uh, thank you. But I do want to ask you, as I ask every single guest that comes on the show. I believe everyone is their own superhero. So I want to know what is your superpower? My superpower, I believe, is to help people. Yeah. I do. I think that's my purpose. Because I used to ask myself, like my cousin, Donnie, we had the same disease. He's dead and I'm not. You know, like, why am I still here all the times I could have died? Or why did I get through this? Or why did I get through that? And I really believe that I'm supposed to make a difference, whether it's through my testimony, my story, my knowledge. Um, you know, that's why I tell my, in like the book, I came out with a book called A Sick Life. I told the bad with the good, because even the bad made me who I am today. And I did learn from the things so I can become better. But I think my superpower is to help people. Amazing. Well, I can pretty much guarantee every single human that has watched this or is listening to it, you have helped in some way, shape or form, whether it was mindset from a young age or whether it's now just leading by example today, um, myself absolutely included. So thank you so much. Guys, guys, oh, I don't you. have to tell you to go follow T-Boz because you freaking know who she is. But if you're not following her, you got to go check her, her out. She's doing incredible stuff. Check out her website. We'll put all the links in the comments below. And guys, Guys, oh, if you're not subscribed, please please just subscribe and um, cl click that little button down there. If you're not following me, follow me at Lisa Billu. And where can people, in fact, all the links will be down there. But um, where's your main place that you are? I see you on Instagram a lot. Yeah, probably Instagram at the real T Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's all. Yep, that's the one I, I'm always a uh, creepy lurker just looking at <laughs> <laughs> alright guys go check out this creepy lurker um, and until next time go be the hero of your own life peace out peace